Hello, Polytopians. Thanks for tuning in to the Polytopian Times. I'm your host, Sam, and today we're here for a, a fairly brief episode at the end of the year, so I do apologize for the briefness, but uh, hopefully it'll be interesting still. Uh, it's just going to be me for this one, so uh, hang in for a nice, short, sweet episode. So uh, let's hop into it. And today's topic is, well, what is my favorite tribe, and how do I feel about the other tribes or any other standouts? So let's talk about it. I think my absolute favorite standout tribe right now has got to be probably Kiku, and that's for a good couple of reasons. I still lean pretty heavily towards my turn zero tribes. I like that they can level up early on, and they have a strong economy to work with, usually. Uh, Decent resource spawn rates, although not everyone's equal in terms of their uh, later tier spawns, uh, you know, like metal farms, etc., but... Still, generally, not uh, not laggards, and quite early on, they're able to grow and expand and, you know, especially get their economy kicking, get those early giants going. But uh, Kiku stands out from the other turn zeros in my eyes just because they have uh, fishing just to start with, which means, yeah, they can't get to sea immediately till they get sailing, but... um. Once they do, they can skip right over to navigation real quick-like, and that does them a couple of important things. So off the bat, they can be exploring in the sea much faster, and it makes them, in my opinion, the best, uh, maybe the best water tribe of all, certainly the best out of the standard tribes. But yeah, I think probably the best water tribe of all, because they can get to exploring and moving quickly. But also, they can get to taking those starfish with navigation. They can get right to it, then they get the starfish to cover their costs and maybe give them early bombers, which can really be crushing. Really, you can get away with just um, sailing uh, scouts and bombers uh, if you really want to try and pull it off. It can be hard for uh, rammers to get in range if you can get in position first. Um, And, of course, it's not too difficult to go ahead and get rammers if you're focusing on a naval expansion. Obviously, the only catch here is, you know, um, you're going to have to, like, by organization and hunting if you have a lot of land-heavy cities to go and get, but it's the same for anybody trying to get out to sea, having to get all the text to get out there and get starfish. You can get to the starfish much faster. In my opinion, it can get you a better return on investment, and if you just stick to the coast, fishing will get you started and kicking pretty early on, so that and oh of course once they go ahead and get sailing you know they can use explorers to see so much of the map it's it's just a lot of advantages for them and i find i do like that a lot so yeah they're, they're my standout number one tribe hands down i don't think any other uh i don't think any other tribes even come close um in terms of that as far as the turn zeros go just because they're more versatile um and it, it, let's be honest here really the only um the only map where you won't be able to leverage that naval ledge is going to be on drylands, and, well, only so many games are played on drylands. Every other map type has enough water for them to leverage, the, you know, their advantage at the sea there. So that's, that's pretty good, I think, in today's meta. Um, the rest of the tribes have sort of evened out. There's not so many bottom layer ones that don't feel real good to play anymore, because it, uh, it feels like the pacing of the game has slowed down in the latest meta. Uh, both on land and at sea, uh, a lot less like rider rushing. So it's less important to be out there and having all the riders and the roads early on because it's so expensive to get like a proper road network up now and to get to the tech. Um, you know, it's, it just does slow down the pace a good bit. 
Um, that rider rush still happens and still quite a good strat, but again, it's just more expensive and it slows down how early on into the game that really becomes a thing. And that's something important, I think, to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, I, I do think the other special tribes are all still pretty good. They're up there, maybe like um, A, B tier, not the S tier that Kiku has. And I do think that all of our um, all our OP units still get to win out there. But yeah, turn zeros, specials, they're pretty good. Some of the tribes I didn't think were going to be particularly good in the update have turned out to be pretty good because the pace has slowed down. So Chin Chi, great metal spawns, and they're actually doing quite fine in the early game. I've seen it can be a bit more of a startup time for them, but it can really pay off in the mid and late game. So that was a turn of pace there. Uh, Lux doesn't feel too particularly bad. You can get out exploring early on and then switch to pure naval run if you have the advantage, or the rather the opportunity to do so. Um, Vengear is still Vengear. That really hasn't changed too much. <laughs> but, um, you know, like Yadok, I thought they would not be so great. But again, because things have slowed down, even with the extra cost on getting roads up, because you start with that, and many other players aren't even going to go for it early on. You can leverage, especially Rider Roads or, you know, just general quick expansion that other tribes aren't going to have to your advantage. That I think is pretty decent, too. So yeah, it's just it's it's I think we're in an interesting meta right now where what were once considered very not great tribes to play now aren't a terrible pick at all. Uh, maybe not the best tier still, but they're still pretty good to play and it's fun. And I mean with the latest skin pack that just came out, also that just dropped by the way, so all the standard tribes now have a fun little skin you can pop on to keep your games fresh and fun. Um you know, I think that uh it it doesn't lend any uh, particular credence towards one particular tribe or another everybody has a special skin you can play none of the tribes are too particularly bad to play either you can have fun with any of them and it's not too huge in the disadvantages anymore in the current meta now things are going to change this is just where they stand currently at the end of 2023 but you know i i wanted to make sure we got this a little bit out um i definitely lean towards kiku though as my number one top pick and um, the rest of the turn zeros are uh, probably still in that A tier, along with uh, maybe the special tribes in the A and B tier, uh, depending. But they all feel a good bit better to play and, and decent fun. I think out of all the turn zeros now, Barter may be my least favorite. They have a great plethora of, like, early tier one resources, fruit hunting, you know. But it's that later stuff because they don't have any farms, really. And honestly, their minds just... It's not as standout as, like, Chin Chi is, so once you get through your initial burst of, like, low-tier-1 resource economic growth, uh, then you're stuck at looking, like, at forestry, and it's a slower route than farming or mining is. You get less pop, and you have to pay more. Uh, for two population, you pay five stars for a mine or for a farm, and you pay six stars to get two pop out of uh, two lumber huts with forestry so it's just not as great an edge so i do think maybe they suffer the most sabasi feels quite a bit of fun because they have a whole bunch of farms and stuff and you start with farming but at the same time imperius is still fairly good they've got a nice spread of resources although um 
I find that they also don't have like as much of an emphasis on any particular late tier resource. You're going to be spread out in terms of what you're getting. But, you know, hey, say you get chivalry, then you can always just burn all those extra trees down into farms and then, you know, just change what your spawn rates were by hand, terraform. That's always an option too. And if you get a long game, it might come into play. Uh, of course, only if you're on a uh, land-heavy map. You know, say Pangea or uh, or Drylands, of course. Or maybe even a, a lake with a small body of water in it. But yeah. Anyways, those are my thoughts. I don't want to take on the episode for too long. But uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in, folks. And um, here at the end of 2023, I really do want to thank you for sticking around with me and uh, giving the show a good listen. I know uh, content's become a little bit more sparse, and that's because I'm just trying to make sure we put out more passionate and, um, well, passionate and impassioned episodes are really important. I I don't want it to become a lackluster thing that feels more like a job, and so... uh, Maybe episodes won't be coming out quite as frequently as they used to, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll be enthusiastic about what we're talking about. And as the uh, pace of Polytopia updates accelerates or decelerates, you can expect probably the content to do the same. For the moment, we've got plenty to talk about, so things aren't likely to slow down. Although, in the new year, we may take a brief pause before the next episode drops. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes if we need a break. But, uh, you know, to wrap it off, I wanted to wish everybody a happy holiday. Enjoy your uh, time playing Polytopia. I know, um, I believe it's Unification Day is the in-game holiday that's coming up. I might be off on this one. I'm pulling it out of the top of my head. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it, normally I do my uh, my due diligence and research the title before I pop into the episode. But spontaneity, right? Anyways, again, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I wish you all a wonderful end of the year and a wonderful holiday season and a fantastic start to 2024. And uh, I'll see you until then.